What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Take Three Podcast. Uh, my name is Brandon, as always, joined by my co-host, Alex. We're here on a Friday night. I must say Thursday, Friday night. We're here to talk about the AFC South. What a division. You know, I mean, we got four competitive great ball clubs, a lot of Super Bowl potential coming out of this division. Um, and yeah, we're looking to jump into it. So, I mean, before we uh, really dive into this, uh, which one of these great teams really excites you the most? Man, tough question. I guess Tennessee is the most interesting to watch at this point because of some of the moves, but I don't know if they're going to be the best team. I'm not crazy about this division. Uh, obviously, you're hinting at it. Let's just kind of get in, get it's, into it. Yeah, it's a stellar division, as I said. So we'll lead it off. We already got the Houston Texans roster. They were pushing the brink. They were making a run last year. They got four W's. A uh, big year for them. You know, I mean, a lot of people projected they could go 0 and 17. They could go 1 and 16, but they claw their way to four. Um, obviously, they got rid of Deshaun Watson. That kind of saga is kind of over, although it's not over for him. Uh, he's out of there. They kind of whatever went on with the hotel rooms, the scandals, they're done with it. They paid off the uh, all that. They're out of it. But looking at their roster, I mean, they don't got a lot going on, if we're being honest. They, they still have Brandon Cooks. He's about the only guy out wide that would excite you a little bit. Laramie Tunsil, left tackle. They went out and got uh, Kenyon Green in the draft to uh, fill in the left guard position. He should come in right away and play. He's slated to start. Um, and then you go down to the defense. I mean, there's not a lot that excites you there besides Derek Stingley. I mean, they went out, got him, obviously, third overall pick. They went Stingley over Thibodeau. Uh, kind of interesting for me. I mean, it's two ways it can go, right? You They pray and hope that he's the next Ramsey. Obviously, we know corner. It's really a coin flip. Um, that leads really into the first question that I have about the uh, – Texans obviously we saw who they went with as their coach in the offseason they went with Lovey Smith is Lovey Smith any more than a one-year stopgap kind of we bring him in because we can fire him so easily after this awful year and kind of move on to the next guy you know I mean we can bring in a new coach go out get a new quarterback as well the next year in the draft so is Lovey Smith anything more than just a one-year guy it's I don't think so honestly it's hard to like really see optimism like you said like there's not much on this roster. Um, uh, Stingley, he's going to be exciting to watch, but like it's hard to find like bright points on this roster. Uh, Davis Mills is a little bit better than what they thought, but I, I don't think it really matters who's head coach right now. They showed last year it's really more of just a placeholder. Um, they're going to try, they're in full rebuild mode. They got their three first round picks. Uh, I'd be surprised if Lovey Smith makes it past this year. Maybe, honestly, if they're bad enough, they get another first, they get the uh, number one overall pick this upcoming year because they're definitely going to be competing for the worst team in the league. And then maybe they hold on to Lovey Smith because there's nothing good enough next year. And they kind of just stay bad for a couple of years, but I don't see him lasting more than one year. It's just an absolutely brutal setup. The roster is void of talent. It's going to be tough, tough to watch Texans football. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of having some technical difficulties. I don't know what happened with the uh, with the camera. It's kind of going off, but we'll just keep rolling with it. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Lovey Smith, he's there for one reason. It's just to be a placeholder, right? He's probably getting sacked uh, after the year. I doubt they do it midway through. There's just no point. But yeah, he's there for, for one thing, to lose some ball games. I mean, his method, the coaching style is not going to work in 2022. The run game with the defense, uh, you don't really have a lot on the defense like he did back in the Bears days. And just, yeah, there's nothing there. So, I mean, it's it's tough to see uh, anything more than one year uh, out of Lovey Smith in Houston. But hey, if he somehow pulls off a second year and they give him another uh, season with a new rookie quarterback, uh, I mean, shit, I'd be surprised. I'd be actually amazed. Um, 
leads me really into point number two. You already kind of hit on it. Davis Mills was a little bit better than everybody thought he would be. Uh, do you think or uh, can Davis Mills this year do enough to prevent the Texans from going quarterback uh, early next year? Everybody kind of projects, you know, next year, a way better quarterback draft class than this year. So it's seeming uh, that's why they went defense this year. You know, what I mean, why waste a pick on a quarterback this year when there's better ones next year? But can Davis Mills do anything this year to kind of say, hey, don't go out and get a quarterback, build around me, add some pieces around me and I can be that guy? I'd be really surprised. I think in order for Davis Mills to achieve that, he has to play like way over his head. He has to be a complete stud and like somehow uplift this not very good roster. Uh, I think Davis Mills is probably going to be like a backup, you know, in the league. And I think if he plays well, he can cement like another contract, not as a starter, but just like hang out and hang around the league. It's just hard to see him staying on. It's more than likely that most everybody from this regime is probably going to be cleared out outside of like really young players. Yeah. Facts. I mean, yeah. Davis Mills. I mean, he could hypothetically, who knows what could happen. He could go crazy, but yeah, I doubt it as well. He kind of like gives me the feeling of kind of like a Taylor Heineke type of guy where he'll stick around. He'll, you know, he can maybe luck his way into a job where he's starting. Like we saw Heineke do in Washington, right? The, the quarterback play was that bad. And he kind of stood out against the, uh, against the shitty group of quarterbacks ended up being the starter kind of got a little bit of a shine. I could see Davis Mills. He will definitely, I think, stick around in the league, whether it's a backup or one of those gigs. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to argue about with this. This whole regime will probably get cleared out and they will be going quarterback uh, at the top, whether it's, I imagine it's top three next year, uh, they will be finding a new quarterback in 2023. Last question, really. I mean, there's not much to talk about, but I mean, they have a lot of running backs, right? They have Marlon Mack. They went out and get Marlon Mack. They still have Rex Burkhead. They draft Damon Pierce. Um yeah, I mean, how will the backfield shake out? Will Marlon Mack really take a uh, grapple hold on it? Will they mix in every single one of those? They also have Royce Freeman down there. They have so many running backs on the roster, but then they go out and spend a draft pick on Damon Pierce in the fourth round out of Florida. So, I mean, we know Lovey Smith likes to run the football. That's kind of his thing. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, use the defense. Uh, probably won't work. But, I mean, how does that backfield shake out? Can Marlon Mack kind of have that little – can he have some type of resurgence or will they just go with a running back committee in uh in houston i think it's going to end up more of a committee and more for the reason of like i don't think that run game is going to be good enough in general right i don't think anyone's going to really distinguish themselves um the draft capital make it makes it interesting right you think they'd want to play pierce more but at the same time you got a young guy you could you don't have to necessarily if he is really good you don't have to necessarily waste him on not very good roster. So I feel like we'll, it'll be more of a committee. And honestly, I just think it's going to stay that way because the offensive unit's not going to be very good and it's going to be hard to stand out anyway when you, when you're not really producing as an offense. Facts. Their offense sucks. More importantly, their O-line kind of sucks, right? So it's like, what is yep. there? What are you running behind? So whoever's running behind that O-line, they're probably getting the shit beat out of them. Uh, good luck, Marlon Mack. Yeah. I mean, I think Marlon Mack and Damon Pierce, they will take a little, uh, more of the rundown, you'll kind of see Rex Burkhead in the past, you know, the past game a little bit more. I don't know what to project out of the Houston Texans. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long year in Houston. Been a long couple of years in Houston. Saddle, if you're a Texans fan, I mean, just saddle up. It's going to be another long one. And uh, you can probably get ready for the next year because that's going to be a long one too. But I mean, 
you gotta, I don't know. There's nothing really to shake. Uh, I went through, I had them winning two ball games. I think, I mean, I could <laughs> see them scratching three. It was like two and 15. I mean, no disrespect. I mean, we'll see what they can do. They shocked us last year. It's just hard to project a lot of wins for Houston. And I also, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge lovey Smith guy either. Uh, no offense. I just don't think he has much uh, left in the tank as a head coach. So yeah, I had them at two and 15. I mean, I could see them winning three or four, uh, but yeah, two was where I had them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And like, <laughs> not to pile on, but I got them at two wins. I mean, they could win like four or five games. I just look at the schedule. It's like, good luck picking which ones they can like claw their ways to a victory. Exactly. I guarantee you they'll pull one upset that I didn't have down on there, but that is what it is. You know, I mean, they'll win a couple of ball games. Good. Let's see who they draft next year. You know, I mean, their season starts when the real season ends, when we're getting ready for the draft in 2023. That's when the real Texan season begins. So that is uh, what it is for Houston. Let's move on to the next team in the AFC South that we're going to cover. It's going to be the Indianapolis Colts coached by Frank Reich still. Obviously, we saw how last year ended uh, the absolute Carson Wentz and team debacle. They just fall apart. You know, what I mean, they somehow beat the Patriots, beat the Cardinals, and then uh, the train falls off the rails. Um, they go out, they draft Alec Pierce, um, and they get Nick Cross. But other than that, I mean, their big move of the offseason was really going out and getting Matt Ryan. Obviously, they traded Carson Wentz to Washington. They go out and trade with Atlanta, get Matt Ryan. Um, who they think obviously can not melt down like Carson Wentz did, win them at a ball game or two, win a division, get them into the playoffs. Um, most of their defense, I mean, they have Yannick Ngakwe as well. I, I realized they traded uh, for him. Newly named Shaquille Leonard, obviously still there. Darius Leonard, formerly hilarious that he just randomly changes <laughs> the name. And I uh, did not mention they go out and get Stefan Gilmore uh, as well in free agency. So they kind of bulked up that. And then when you look at their – O-line, they lost a couple guys on the O-line. They're starting Matt Pryor. He was with the Eagles, never really made it. So, I mean, he's looking to slot in and play left tackle day one. That's kind of a weird fit. Um, and then they're using Danny Pinter at right guard to fill the hole of Mark Glonkowski, who went to, I believe it was, Seattle. So, I mean, when you look at the Colts, obviously the big question for the Colts right off the bat is, does Matt Ryan push them to the one or two more wins that Carson Wentz couldn't do and get you into the playoffs in 2022? What do you, uh, what do you see out of the Colts? Yeah, I like this Colts roster quite a bit. Um, I remember last year I was saying they were like my dark horse team. They want some of the tougher games down the stretch and lost the ones they shouldn't have. Um, but I think Matt Ryan definitely makes a difference. I think he is an improvement on Carson Wentz, uh, Overall, for the scheme of a season, like I think he'll be much more consistent. A couple new faces on the offensive line, like you mentioned, I still think it's very good. I think Michael Pittman is in line to have a really good season along, obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor. And, yeah, I, I like this Colts defense. And if we remember or this Colts team, and I do think Matt Ryan's an improvement, if we remember how they started last year, they started kind of rough too. So I think if they have a better start to the season – and more consistency down the stretch. I fully expect this Colts team to be a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, I like the Matt Ryan pickup. He just uh, way more confident than Carson Wentz. He can actually lead a locker room. You know, I mean, he's a guy that the uh, the team will get behind. Um, I do have questions about O line. Left tackle always scares me when you have a guy that's made five career starts and never really. And he was a guard. He came in the league as a guard. Um, so that's kind of interesting wide receiver. I like Pittman, but it's like everything else around that is question marks. I don't know the depth at wide receiver. We'll get into that. That's kind of my second question. I mean, 
we're already they are lacking depth at wide receiver. When you look at that, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and Paris Campbell, that's going to be your your three man, your three headed dragon coming in. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, heavy run game out of the backfield. They run it straight through that middle with Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Danny Pence from the inside. That's the game plan. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I like the Matt Ryan pickup. He definitely uh, is poised back there. Can win another ball game or two. They're really only a ball game, or they were a ball game from being in the postseason uh, last year. And as we know, once you get to the postseason, everybody's back to zero and zero. And it uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, second question. I mean, what do you think about the depth at wide receiver? It concerns me for sure. Are they lacking there? Um, when you look at that three-headed uh, duo, it's kind of different for Matt Ryan to roll into this. But obviously, they still have Jonathan Taylor. They have Naheem Hines who they can use in the pass game. It's just weird. I don't – I mean, with Matt Ryan, you would think maybe they'll – They'll throw the ball a little bit more, but it could just be, hey, we have a more confident guy that we can have late in games, make the throws that Wentz couldn't, and we'll still just ride Jonathan Taylor uh, as far as he can go. But does the depth at wide receiver kind of concern you if one, if, say, if Michael Pittman goes down, uh, you're looking at Ashton Doolin. I've never heard of him, to be honest. Desmond Patton, never heard of him. Isaiah Ford, I've heard of him. He's a speedster. But they're just not guys back there that kind of excites you if one of those three do go down. Yeah, I think you nailed it with it. This is the part of the offense that probably worries me the most. Um, there's not a lot of depth there. Like, I like Michael Pittman a lot. I mentioned that earlier. I think he's kind of a big year. But if he goes down, it's it's rough after that. I mean, we they need to get something out of their uh, rookies, right? They need something from Alec Pierce. And they need Paris Campbell to stay on the field. Like you said, Isaiah Ford's a speedster. I like him. Kiki Kuti's okay out of the slot, but not for like an entire season. So, yeah, that would be what troubles me. I think it's going to be on Frank Wright to get creative, right? Obviously, you're going to run the ball a lot, but like you already said, you got Naeem Hines. You also have Philip Lindsay and then Mo Alley Cox, right? You get the tight end involved. So, I think it's going to be on them. They're going to have to do a lot with their running game, um, get the Titans involved because, yeah, that is where they lack. They lack wide receiver depth, and that definitely does make me nervous and I think that kind of what separates them from being like a playoff team and then like truly one of the contenders in the AFC because the AFC is loaded for sure and then kind of yeah that wide receiver death piggybacks in just like the last question is the O-line concerns they lose the right guard so Danny Pinter's played more than Matt Pryor but they slot him in now he's going to be uh his first time starting and then the left tackle I mean it do, does it scare you say they don't really have that much depth obviously O-line is kind of premium in the league as it is but I mean how do you feel about a, a guy that's never or he only has five career starts at left tackle uh kind of being the guy that's going to cover Matt Ryan's blind side for 17 games potentially into the playoffs does that worry you especially I mean Matt Ryan's not exactly uh Lamar Jackson back there right so he's going to need time he's going to need a guy that can uh hold his end of the bargain to kind of give him time when they do decide to pass. Yeah, I'm with you on it making me nervous, right? I mean, you got a guy that's only started five career games. That's obviously going to make me nervous. And yeah, because this team relies so heavily on the run game, right? And I don't, they're not incredibly deep on the line. So if they start having to shuffle bodies around or plug different holes because somebody got hurt, it's going to be, it's going to be rough, honestly. And to me, it goes back to like the answer with the wide receiver. It's on the off. It's on Frank Wright and the offensive coaching staff, right? They have to figure out how to, uh, whether it's pre-snap motion, getting chip blocks, extra tight end on the line, like whatever it takes to get creative and kind of cover up those holes, whether you're covering up, uh, the tackles or you're covering up your, your receivers, right. You're trying to get just 
just trying to mask your weaknesses really. Cause like, I like this Colts team on paper, but yeah, I worry about the depth. So to me, it's on Frank Wright and that coaching staff to get creative with it. For sure. And then, I mean, there's another, I didn't write this down, but it's like how much, you know I mean? How much more mileage can you put on Jonathan Taylor? He did so much last year. And then we kind of seen another guy in the division and Derek Henry, who's built like a tank, uh, and we kind of see him start to get injured. So it's just like the amount of carries and carries and touches that kind of it scares you on that side, too. You know, what I mean, what I don't root for it. But what if Jonathan Taylor goes down because you're just burning him up? Because um, obviously you mentioned they're super run heavy. So it's like, yeah, they have a lot of things to uh, figure out. And I like that uh, perspective that it is on Frank, right? Because honestly, if they don't get the job done, if they don't at least make the playoffs this year, like I think he's gone, right? It's kind of, it was a good yeah. run. We, we brought in Carson once for you. That shit sucked. We went out and got Matt Ryan. Uh, if we don't make the playoffs with Matt Ryan, then it's clearly bang. It's you, right? Frank, right? It's you, you are the issue and uh, we'll go find another guy. So it's a big year in uh, Indianapolis based on the fallout of last year, right? It's crazy how, the, the, how last year went kind of to pressure year. Uh, on Frank Reich's coaching staff to get creative and um, find a way to win another ball game or two and get into the playoffs. Cause I really think that ultimately will determine his job security at the end of the year. Yeah. I'm with you on that. It feels like this, this team has very little room for error, right? Especially, you know, how last season ended, but just even just looking at the depth, right. They don't have really room for injuries. Not that any team does, but like, yeah, it just feels like, us they need things to go right for them they can't they can't get off track this year like they did in the past facts yeah you can't lose a jags game they just they gotta win you gotta win the games you should win at the end of the day and that's what it's going to come down to and we'll find out um if carson wentz really was the problem right that's the greatest part about it when the ball games start we'll find out if carson wentz was the issue with the team um on paper yeah matt ryan seems like he win you another ball game or two but we will find out um literally in a month and a half from now but, oh, I forgot, records. Uh, I had the Colts going 10-7, and seven, honestly. I, I don't know. I saw them getting uh, another win and, and finding their way into the playoffs. I actually had them winning the division. I don't know. Something tells me I just, I don't know, Matt Ryan can do it. And I kind of like the defense. I like Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, uh, Yannick Ngakwe going out and adding him. And then, obviously, when you got Darius, Shaquille Leonard, Bobby Okariki back there. And then I liked what they did with going out and getting Stephon Gilmore as uh, as well for the uh, for the low to add to the defense. So I like where they're going, and I like the quarterback better than last year. So, yeah, I have them going 10 and 7. I also got them 10 wins, uh, winning the division. And, yeah, we honestly didn't talk about the defense enough in this preview. Like, I like this defense a lot. So 10 and 7, win, winning the AFC South. For sure. I think we went super heavy on the defense last year, though, when we were talking about it. It's kind of the same thing, you know what I mean? And Gakwe and Pei got to get to the QB. And yeah. – do their thing right the secondary is not great but it's it should be good enough um back there as long as they don't get hurt and uh yeah that is what it is so 10 and 7 we agree on a record that's uh that's rare um and yeah let's move on next team on the slate another barn burner of a team the jacksonville jaguars uh, they went three and 14 last year. Obviously, all the drama surrounding Urban Meyer, one of the biggest loser coaches of all time, biggest loser human being of all time, to be honest. And, you know, I mean, they go out and they restore order in the uh, in the head coach position. They go out and get old faithful Doug Peterson, um, obviously Super Bowl winning head coach with the Eagles. We saw how his uh, regime fell out with the Eagles. Kind of disappointing. 
But um, when you look at the Jags, I mean, they went out, they spent quite a bit of money. They go out, get Zay Jones. They spent a bunch of money on Christian Kirk. I don't really think I like that. But when you got money to spend, um, you're going to do it. I like the Brandon Sheriff signing, though. Right guard, uh, O-line's a premium, as I mentioned in the league. He's been uh, a Pro Bowl right guard. So you go out and spend that money, steal him from Washington. Obviously, Travis Etienne's coming back from the foot injury. So they should have the two-headed uh, dragon in the backfield, which most teams do with Etienne and then James Robinson if he gets back. And then obviously we saw what they did um, on the defensive side. Obviously they still have Josh Allen. He's a stud but on in the draft. They went out, got Devin Lloyd. I like a lot from Utah. And then the surprise pick at number one was a uh, Trayvon Walker. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of that pick, but we'll see how it plays out. I just think uh, to go and go down the board when you have two guys like Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson right there to go farther down the board. And ultimately, I mean, maybe we'll find out, in about a month from now, reach for a guy. I wasn't a huge fan, but first question for the um, Jacksonville Jaguars is uh, what are the expectations for Trevor Lawrence entering 2022? Obviously not a great year last year, kind of a bunch of distractions, wasn't really set up. He's kind of set up for failure as a rookie. Um, what are the expectations for Trevor Lawrence entering uh, the 2022 season? Yeah, so I this this Jacksonville Jaguars team I don't think it's going to be very good like Houston, but the difference is I think they're going to actually be fun to watch. Like I'm actually excited for this team. There's a lot of young talent, and I don't think Trevor Lawrence's rookie year is like really fair to hold against him because <laughs> Urban Meyer is just such an atrocious coach, and there was just a terrible offensive system and that Jags team last year I just cannot say positive things about it really now with Doug Peterson and a real professional coaching staff I'm really actually really excited to see Trevor Lawrence um I'm not crazy about how big the contracts are for the receivers but you got to pay somebody and you got Marvin Jones Zay Jones Christian Kirk you still got Sheenault um ETN's back I think there's a lot to work with right and I think for it to be a positive year for Trevor, we need to see like real strides, like real flashes of that talent. And I think we're going to see it with Doug. Uh, Doug has shown that he can help young quarterbacks in the past. And I'm excited to watch this team. I expect Trevor to take leaps. Um, I, it's hard to gauge though. I don't, I want to say he's going to have above average. Like he's going to show some flashes, but I don't think he's going to be able to like uplift this entire roster quite yet. No, I don't expect that out of him. <clears throat> but when we sit back and look at it, I mean, I expect Trevor Lawrence, another 4,000 yards. I'm going to go 25 touchdowns, 13 picks. I think he's going to take a step forward just because of Doug Peterson, right? Doug Peterson, good head coach, as you mentioned, good with quarterbacks, and he just has a lot around him. They'll find a way to use Travis Etienne. They'll find a way to use Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. If a guy goes down, they still have Jamal Agnew. LaVisca Chenault. So they have like, they have a ton of weapons around him. And then they went and invested. They get, bring Cam Robinson back, get him on a deal. Sheriff. So they kind of built him around. I didn't even mention Evan Ingram. If he can actually stay on the field um, is another weapon for that offense. They also have Dan Arnold from Carolina. So they just have so much around him. And I just expect the, uh, the kind of cohesiveness at the head coach position. It's not going to be a disaster. You're not going to have your head coach staying in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, after a big Thursday night loss, right? You just have, you have a real professional head coach. Um, 
that kind of restores order in the locker room. So, I mean, I look for Trevor Lawrence. He had to take a step forward uh, as a quarterback, but yeah, I'm with you. It's not going to push. I don't expect him to push the needle and turn uh, his efforts into like ridiculous, you know, I mean, flip the switch and they're winning eight, nine ball games, but I expect him to kind of come out this year and do what we kind of expected him to do as a rookie, but he was just set up for absolute failure out of the gates with the Urban Meyer regime. So <clears throat> that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm going flat out. He will he will turn it around. I think it was like what was it? I think he had nine touchdowns, eleven picks last year. It was pretty like disastrous stat line. It was not pretty, but uh, I expect him to have a, a a big a big second year, big sophomore year for uh, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. But don't expect it to equate in wins in my eyes. Um. Second question that I have about the Jags is they kind of invested a lot, right? They go Devin Lloyd, they go Trayvon Walker. Um, they obviously the last year, or they actually had a Darius Williams as well from LA. They spent a lot of money all around on the roster, but they went a lot defense and obviously defense heavy in the draft. Um, will it pan out? Will their defense be better? And will they regret taking Trayvon Walker first overall over Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau? You know what I mean? Everybody thought it was wild the, the day that they did it. I couldn't believe that they were going to take him. Um, so will they regret that pick? And, uh, yeah, will their investments into the defense actually pan out and help them? And kind of that also helps Trevor Lawrence too, right? Your defense gets another stop. Um, it gets you the ball back, and you find a way to make a drive. So how do you see that defense panning out, and will they regret taking Trayvon Walker first overall? So – to the first overall point, I, it's so hard to say that they'll regret it. I think the pressure's on the right. They want it, to. It's going to definitely apply more pressure, and it's going to look kind of tough if it doesn't really work out. But to the to the overall defensive point, I think they're going to be much better. Right? I just cannot emphasize enough how poor the coaching staff was last year. Like it's hard not to see this team take strides all around. They spent money, I think, in the right places. And it's just hard not to see improvement. Um, I think they will be more around a middle of the pack. I don't think the unit's going to be like an elite at all, but I think they're going to make, they're going to make leaps and they're going to be like, I would say in the, towards the middle of the league. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's tough to kind of look at it in year one. I think out of the gates, they kind of, well, I expect Aiden Hutchinson to be <clears throat> a stud. I kind of liked him a lot. Um, Thibodeau, kind of different. I don't know if there is with him, but I think out of the gates, they kind of will have some early on regrets. I think Trayvon Walker is kind of a more project guy. I mean, when he was coming out of Georgia, they kind of had questions about his pass rushing ability. So I think off the rip, they will. I mean, it almost could look like I think that Devin Lloyd would look like their best draft pick on the defense compared to Trayvon Walker out of the gates. But yeah, I mean, the defense as a whole. When you get Darius Williams, you still have Shaquille Griffin, who you uh, signed last year. They just have a lot of – they kind of have a lot of depth, too, and I'm looking at it. They have Caleb on Chaseon still, who uh, put in reps to them, Ardon Key, Devon Hamilton. Uh, they still have Josh Allen, who's a beast, obviously, coming off the edge. Uh, Foisade Luicon from Atlanta. They just have a lot of guys. So, yeah, I mean, I could easily see them being a, a middle-of-the-pack defense. It's just a better uh, – as I said, the, co the head coaching, when you have an actual head coach in the locker room, it kind of just yeah. boosts up everybody. But um, for me, early, I think they will regret the Trayvon Walker pick a little bit. We'll see how it goes. I don't like to kind of label guys busts after one year. But I think, yeah, the pressure's on for him, obviously, to be good considering who he got taken ahead of. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to look at that every every single week. Even in the preseason, you're going to see in two weeks from now when uh, Aiden Hutchinson goes out and gets a sack in his first preseason game and uh, Trayvon Walker doesn't, they're going to say the Jacksonville Jags, they could have had Aiden Hutchinson. Why didn't they do that? 
it, it's going to be highlighted their entire careers, right? And you're right. It's going to apply a lot more pressure on Walker. But, like, if he's that guy, he should show it. But you're right. It, 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 it's definitely nerve-wracking. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that the Jags GM, that guy still sucks. I think it's Trent Baalke. He still has a job somehow. That guy sucks. All I heard was all offseason is please fire him. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to trust uh, him calling shots. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm not rooting against Trayvon Walker. Hopefully he balls out and has a good year. Um, last question is Travis Etienne. Obviously missed all of last year with the foot injury we heard going into uh, last year in the Urban Meyer regime, he's going to be a slot wide receiver. He's going to do this, going to do that. Uh, what's his role look like in the offense coming uh, coming off the injury? Right? How do you think that backfield is going to shake out? Obviously, James Robinson was a uh, pretty good um, last year. So, I mean, what do you think uh, workload is for ETN? I've heard just out of the gates, he's kind of taken the uh, the lead role. James Robinson still working back from injury, but I mean, do you think he'll kind of take the lead horse role in Doug's offense? We've seen what Doug did in Philly, how he liked to use. Uh, running back at their running back at their running back. Do you think he goes to that approach or do you think he kind of rides ETN a little bit more? I personally think it'll be kind of ease him in early. You don't want to coming off an injury, missing your entire rookie year. You don't want to go full blown and it's just kind of not the way the game is, but I kind of, I mean, by mid year, I kind of expect uh, at least 60%, maybe 70% ETN. I think they'll go heavy ETN when you invest a first round pick into him, you kind of have to use him right or it just looks like shit like what do we pick him in the first round for but how do you see that backfield shaking out entering this year yeah i definitely think etn has a leg up and it's gonna get majority of the touches but i think just the way doug coaches his offense he always cycles through running backs and i think he's not scared to sign a running back halfway through the year or bring someone you wouldn't expect to get touches i think etn leads it robinson's working back from injury he'll get plenty of touches throughout the year as well it's just hard to see etn as like a lead back uh just with Doug Peterson's offense, he just cycles through running backs too much. I think it's going to be more of a committee. ETN will get majority of the work, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use him just in the backfield in general, not just running because he's he could definitely do a lot. Right. So I, I want to see what they do with ETN, if they plug him in in the slot, if they do anything special or fun with him. I think the run game will be by by committee, but I want this I want this offensive staff to get creative with it. For sure. I could see a lot of two running back sets, to be honest, because Travis Etienne can be used in the passing game. He is used there at Clemson. I mean, so him and Trevor Lawrence, they already have that kind of chemistry together in that pass game from their college days. So I'd expect a lot of two running back kind of looks right. Get both of them in there at the same time. But I do expect Etienne to kind of take over uh, in that in the role overall. Like I think he'll get more of the work. But you're right. Doug, he likes to cycle through his running backs. Kind of hate when coaches do that. But Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. It's kind of it doesn't allow one guy to get kind of like in a rhythm. I feel like when you it's yeah, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um, when so that's all I have on the docket for the Jags as far as questions. I think when I went through their record, I had them winning. I think it was three games. We said before we kind of went on. I think it was three. It was either three or four. Um, not much. I mean. I just expect more cohesiveness, but I don't expect it to really result in wins. I still think they're another draft or two away. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of taking that next step. If he's able to take that next step and kind of put up the numbers that I said, you know, I mean, give you 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, uh, 13 picks would even be nice if you can get that down to 10 or 11, even better. Um, And you'll kind of take that as a plus, right? That'll be a win just seeing him kind of come out. But yeah, I think three or four wins for the Jags in uh, 2022. Yeah, I think I 
finish with three wins. Um, I think they'll be an improved unit, right? Like everything we said, uh, I'm actually excited to watch them. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence and Jags a lot and late in fantasy drafts just to get some. I just feel like someone's got to do something on those offenses. So like there's definitely something there. I expect leaves from Trevor. Um, it's just really hard to see where they get the wins. I could see him finishing with his like even up to six wins. It's just when you it just when you look at the schedule, it's hard to figure out which ones it's going to be. So I got them at three wins, but uh, this one of those teams where I actually think it's it's going to be fun to watch. The it's more exciting than anything. Like they sh- the future is brighter. Finally, yeah. I just want to see how Trevor Lawrence develops now with an actual uh, like a QB guy, right? Let's see him and Doug Peterson work together and see if he can make that stride. Because I mean, coming out, we were calling him. Everybody was calling him a generation guy. Next Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. next Andrew Luck. And last year is kind of a scratch. This year, hey, we'll see. Uh, if he, as I said, if he can take off, that's kind of a win in its own, regardless if he win ball games. If he makes the strides and shows he's the real deal, then yeah, yeah, I think you're happy as a Jags fan coming out of this year. Um, moving on, last team in the AFC South uh, is the Tennessee Titans. They won 12 games last year. Hilarious. They were the uh, they were the first. Weren't they? Yeah, they were the first seed. They were the one one seed. seed. The one seed in the AFC overall. That's hilarious to even say. We know how that kind of panned out. Um, It didn't. But coming into this year, uh, their moves, I mean, they went out and got Robert Woods from uh, L.A. And uh, they drafted Traylon Burks in the first round. Obviously, they come back with Ryan Tannehill. uh, Still Derrick Henry back there. You know what it is. They have Jeffrey Simmons, still Bud Dupree. Um, Harold Landry, they ended up getting a deal with him. And then, yeah, I mean, they still have a lot of the same guys. I mean, my question right off the bat is, I mean, how are you feeling about the Titans heading into this year? And uh, does Ryan Tannehill have enough weapons after losing a guy like A.J. Brown? He also lost – they lost Julio Jones. I mean, there was really never a huge connection with Julio last year. Um, I worry more about the A.J. Brown loss. But, I mean, did they – does Tannehill have enough weapons – out there after losing AJ Brown. So kind of a tough question to answer because of my question marks around Traylon Burks, right? Uh it's weird how I feel about this Tennessee team. They won 12 games. They were the one seed. They even Derrick Henry even missed quite a bit of the season last year and they showed that they could still get it done. So I feel like I'm being disrespectful towards this team, but like, I, I just think they're going to take a step back. I still actually like their defense quite a bit. Um, the receiving core really worries me, but in the long run, I actually think the decisions were smart, right? You, you're drafting Traylon Burks to replace AJ Brown. You expect good production from him, but I think in the long run, like, not exactly paying every star and then going through the draft. I don't like, I don't hate their moves. Uh, You get Malik Willis later in the draft. That is a project, right? But if he turns out, he has a lot of talent. So it's like, I actually really like Tennessee's moves for the long run, just for like this season. I, they have a lot of question marks, like who's going to fill in the AJ Brown, Um, Derek, Derek Henry coming off injury. What we saw from Ryan Tannehill to end the season was not exactly what we want to see. So it's like, I'm having a hard time putting faith into this Tennessee team. I think they do take a step back, but honestly, I like their moves in the long run. Yeah, I don't even know how I forgot about Malik Willis as well. Yeah, I mean, they probably, arguably, if he can pan out as a project, could be the best quarterback out of this draft, and they got him 
uh, late, right? So they didn't have to go up and, and swing for the fences. So I forgot about having him. I can't believe I forgot that going through them. But back to the weapons, yeah, I don't like the weapons. I mean, I'm not a big – I mean, I liked Robert Woods in L.A.'s offense just because of the role that he had to play in in the Rams' offense, right? He could, he could kind of hide around Cooper Cup, and it was just a, a solid offensive scheme that Sean McVay was running. Um, as you said, we don't know much about Traylon Burks. We'll find out about Traylon Burks. But, I mean, when you just look at it, it's hard to really – yeah, I mean, uh, on the fray of things, I have them taking a step back too. Sure as hell ain't winning 12 ball games again. I just don't <laughs> see it. Um, as you mentioned, Derrick Henry, I'll get into him in a second because that's also a concern for me. I mean, they go, they have Austin Hooper. But, yeah, I mean, I don't like what's out there. And then we saw what Ryan Tannehill kind of did uh, – how the season ended wasn't really uh, encouraging heading into this year. So, I mean, yeah, I think naturally they're going to regress. I think they will miss A.J. Brown just because he was that reliable. But, I mean, if Traylon Burks turns out to be a stud um, and they somehow, you know, replace uh, A.J. Brown with like a snap of the finger, it'd, it'd be amazing. And that would kind of give them a boost. But, I mean, on paper, without seeing any ball games played, it's hard to see them not taking a, a step back. And I'm also not a huge, I'm not a gigantic Tannehill guy back to, to even back to last year. But that leads me into question number two. I mean, do you think Derrick Henry can continue to shoulder an insane workload, right? When you see them, they're willing to get rid of A.J. Brown. You kind of on paper, you assume, okay, well, that's more touches that they can just feed into Derrick Henry. We saw him get hurt last year and we kind of, you know, I mean, these insane workloads, it's hard to keep up and continue to to pound uh, the rock with a running back that much. He's built like a, like a giant, you know I mean? The dude's a beast, but we see it starting to break down. Um, can he continue to shoulder that insane workload without, uh, I mean, without getting hurt? Man, that's really tough, right? Because if it was anyone other than Derrick Henry, I would say no easily, but we're starting to see him get hurt. Like you said last year. And it's like, if you look at his sheer volume of touches, it's like 300-plus touches multiple seasons in a row. And, like, usually the long – throughout the long history of the NFL, the data shows that, like, running backs' bodies break down after 300-plus touches in a year. Like, they're just not quite the same. Um, a few of the greats can sustain it, right? And Derrick Henry's one of those freak athletes that he can sustain it. But, like, we're starting to see some wear and tear. So, it's, like, a really hard question to answer. I'm going to say that he can hold up. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt here because he's such a freak athlete and he's just a beast that he's going to come back from injury and be able to get through this season. But I think this season is going to be really telling. He's older. He's had multiple uh, seasons with 300 plus touches. And once again, he's going into a year with less uh, weapons around him. They're going to rely on him even heavily even more heavily if that's even possible, right? So I'm going to say he holds up, but it for once in Derrick Henry's career, I'm heading into a season nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, you look at 2019, 303 carries, 2020, 378, and then See? last year, 219, obviously with injury. You can go back to 2018, he had 215 touches that year. I think the touches are just starting to mount up, and then we forget dating back to Alabama before he got into the league, the amount of touches – uh, when he won the Heisman there, it kind of just, you know, I mean, those touches rack up over time. And uh, yeah, I just don't know. I don't think uh, even a guy that's built like him, I mean, I don't root for injuries, but I think there will be another fluke, weird injury where he's just forced to miss time just because he's going to have to shoulder that much uh, of the load in that offense for that offense to be successful. And for that team to be successful, it's going to run through him as it always kind of has to kind of shield and help out Ryan Tannehill. Um 
yeah, I just find it hard to believe he's getting older and the amount of touches they're starting to, uh, to, to build up. But I mean, that being said, I mean, it's crazy to see him at 219 touches last year and he nearly and miss as many games as he did. And he still almost had a thousand yards. I mean, the, the guy's an animal. So when he's on the field, I expect him to ball out, but I kind of think we're getting to that point where uh, the age and the amount of touches, it's kind of, it's starting to take its toll as we're seeing, you know what I mean? Running backs, I mean, human beings are not built to just get hit that much over and over and over and over uh, that consistently. And um, it's kind of sad, but when he's on the field, the dude's going to be an animal. So, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong and he breaks the rushing record next year, right? I've been often wrong on here before. So, I mean, hey, maybe I'll be wrong again, but I just kind of, I find it hard to believe we've seen how, uh, kind of how running backs go when they start to get hurt. Yeah, it's very rare that they last this long in general. It's just the game's so brutal. But man, good luck counting Derrick Henry out. Like, like we keep saying, it's just nerve. He's just such a freak. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, the dude's built like unlike. I mean, I haven't seen a running back in my lifetime built like that. That just yeah, that gets that many touches. It's absolutely insane. So I mean, hopefully he goes off. I know when he's on the field, he'll go off. So we'll see uh, kind of what's in store. And then my last question, really surrounding the. Um, the Titans is their cornerback position. They had Janoris Jenkins last year. I mean, he's not great, but he's kind of been around the league. So now they're looking at going into this year with Christian Fulton on one side. He made strides last year, and then they slot in Caleb Farley that's going to play uh, the other side. Um, does that cornerback position, it kind of worries me a little bit. Caleb Farley's battled serious injuries since Virginia Tech. Um, obviously, he slid down the draft boards because of that. Um, does that kind of worry you? Obviously, they have Kevin Byard back there. He's a stud. But, I mean, up front, they kind of have the same guys. But when you look at kind of throwing a guy who's battled major injuries, uh, even dating back to college, to slide him in as your number two corner. Um, yeah, what do you see out of that secondary as we we know what they have up front? We know what the front has to do every week. But does the, uh, does the corner depth, uh, without having really a proven second corner, does that kind of concern you heading to this year? Yeah, it does. Uh, I like that secondary on paper if they were managed to be healthy like for an entire season, which is unrealistic in the NFL. Um, the depth does worry me. The one thing that Tennessee has at that would be a pro about this is their division, right? Is There's not exactly a lot of uh, tough receivers. You get Houston twice, Jacksonville twice. And then, like we said, Indianapolis's problem is we don't see a lot of depth at the receiver position. So, I think it's like would really hamper them uh, outside of the division. So like if they do end up making it into the playoffs, uh, I think it's really going to show against the elite AFC teams. Right. But I think it's one of those things they can uh, probably cover up for majority of their season. It's I think it's going to be really telling, though, when it when it matters most. Yeah, it just concerns me. The back problems of Virginia Tech, which kind of slid Farley down the boards, and then he plays three games. He starts the season on the uh, the the pup list last year. In his rookie year, comes off week six, tears his ACL. So it's like the back injuries, the torn ACL, and now we're going to slot you in uh, to be the second guy, right? And I think he's still working his way back from injury. So it's definitely – it's kind of – uh, it's dicey, right? It's dicey, especially when there's expectations when you were the one seed – uh, last year to kind of do big things on a year-to-year basis. So, I mean, I don't like what they have back there. I do like Kevin Byard back there. He's a stud, but obviously only one guy can do so much in the secondary. So, I mean, it's just something to watch for them. It's like how, uh, how that secondary will play. If the maybe the maybe the front four, the, the pass rush goes crazy in Mike Vrabel's defense, 
and they take the stress off of them. But hey, it's just something to look at. And especially if Kate, can Caleb Farley even play an entire season, right? We've yet, we've kind of seen major injuries uh, leading uh, him to this point. And yeah, so it's just something to look at. As you mentioned, Colts have issues depth-wise wide receiver. Uh, yeah, Titans secondary concerns me. Um, that's really all I had on the docket for the Titans. When I went through, I believe I had them going nine and eight. It's like a step back from last year. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of those things, right? You lose an AJ Brown. Uh, I'm not, I don't know how Tannehill is going to come out this year. Derek Henry, can he stay healthy? We just, there's a lot of question marks around the team, the secondary, as we just mentioned, there's a lot of question marks. So it's kind of natural regression. I think, um, they kind of, yeah, they had a good run last year. Um, but yeah, I have them going nine and eight. Yeah, I'm a little below that eight and nine. I think it's a, I don't think it's too crazy for a one seed to then miss the playoffs and go eight and nine. We see a lot of turnover in the NFL, right? It's just, it, when I look at this roster, I think they are better than eight and nine football squad. It's just, they have some issues like we talked about, and the AFC is just really stacked. It's like, it's really, it's going to be really tough to just get seven of these teams into the playoffs, right, with the entire AFC West and North. And it's just one of those things that I think Tennessee takes a step back and the combination of the AFC, all the other teams being so good that they just they, they end up missing out and getting the short end of the stick. I got them finishing eight and nine. Yeah, that's another thing. They lose, they lost a lot, a lot of proven players. And then you look at the AFC around them just continues. Yeah, it continues to get better when you look at the chargers we'll touch on them a while but they add players uh, obviously yeah so i mean when you look at the conference as a whole it's a tough tough conference to lose proven pieces and kind of throw unproven guys in there and then expect to kind of have the same result uh as last year it's just a battle you know i mean it's kind of it's one of those things we'll see how it plays out they could easily surprise us i don't know when they could win 10 or 11 games right i could see it, it mike Vrabel's a good head coach if everything works out but it's too dicey to kind of bet on them for me. Yeah. And on top of it, it feels like one, it's going to be really hard to get into the playoffs if you don't win this division. Yep. It feels, yeah, it's once again, it's, it's one or the other. I mean, shit, we'll see them play twice. Right. So that's, that's the glory of it. Obviously it's really a two team division when we get to the end of it. Uh, Titans and Colts, the other two are, yeah, they're uh, yeah, they don't have a shot, but we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? I just think natural regression will happen. I mean, 12 wins, one seed was kind of, it was like a fluky one seed last year to begin with. Um, And I just don't see it. As I've said all along, not a huge Tannehill guy either. So it kind of, yeah, that's kind of is. Any kind of closing thoughts on the AFC South? It's really not an exciting division at all, right? Your two teams at the top play like it's 1985. And then you have two (laughs) shitty teams who really aren't competitive at all. So, I mean, yeah, the, the AFC South's really hard to bring any energy out, right? There's literally like, there's not a lot there, but any kind of closing thoughts on this division before we wrap it up? No, they're not, like you said, not a lot there. A uh, few bright spots. I am actually really excited to watch some Jags football. That's weird to say out loud. And uh, yeah, I hope Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry are like the one and two people in the league leading the yard. Uh, leading the league in rushing because I'm excited to see those two guys go at it. But AFC South football, not the best. No, nah, it's literally uh, not getting me. I'll probably check. Yeah, I'll just check stat lines because honestly, the AFC, yeah, the AFC South, it's not entertaining enough to actually watch outside of maybe a little bit of Jags football, if that's even bearable, right? We'll see how uh, we'll see how that's looking. But I mean, that's going to wrap it up for the AFC South preview. Want to thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment if you have any suggestions, as we would love to hear 
uh, any type of feedback, you can uh, tag us on Twitter at take three sports. If you want to uh, rip us on there or drop any feedback, um, we always appreciate that. As always, the Spotify link, if you're audio only, will be posted in the description. And thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week for uh, the next division preview.